Hello everyone, welcome to Radically Loved Radio. I wanted to create a place where people can go to to get inspired, get motivated, or find some clarity and get tools to create a radically loved life. I will do my best to provide information on a variety of subjects, including yoga, holistic health, life coaching, spirituality, meditation, and overall mindful living. Each episode will bring you some of the world's best spiritual leaders, entrepreneurs, yoga teachers, coaches, along with some of my closest friends, and we will talk about their life experiences and journeys to create something more out of their lives and how they continue to grow to make that happen. Hey guys, Rosie here. I just want to say I am so grateful that you're listening. We are just getting a massive amount of response on this podcast, and I am so grateful that you're a part of this radically loved community, that you're enjoying the content and that you're enjoying all the guests and that you're still here and you're still working on yourself and your journey and your path. And I pray that you've received some tools listening to the guests or listening to any of my ideas or topics on meditation or yoga and how these tools can help you create a life of purpose to continue to help us give you the best content, you can subscribe to this podcast. And most of the time you can just do it from your phone, from iTunes, click subscribe and write a review. This really helps us continue this path and this journey. And we love doing it so much. And again, I'm so grateful that you're here. Let us know what you thought. Thanks for listening. One cup of tea is all it's going to take to completely transform your perception of what premium tea should be. For those of you who are tea lovers like me, I'm so excited to announce my partnership with Rishi Tea for this amazing giveaway. Rishi Tea is going to give away an entire matcha essentials kit. All you have to do is go on Instagram, tag me, Rishi Tea, and the hashtag radically loved Rishi for your chance to win an entire matcha essentials tea set which those of you that know me know that this is like the ultimate gift so for those of you that are interested go on instagram now snap a picture of what your tea ritual looks like and get ready to experience the best tea you've ever tried in your life Rishi tea is my ultimate favorite i cannot wait to share this experience with you Chase Tuning is a military veteran, health and wellness expert, podcast host of Ever Forward Radio, YouTuber, and all-around inspiring human. His goal is to serve others by providing a source of inspiration and motivation through his podcast and all of the work that he does. I'm so excited to share this episode with you all. I just started listening to Ever Forward Radio a couple of months ago and he is just so talented and so real and I really wish that more people would hear his story. I mean, he has such an incredible story from his past experiences, his life-changing injury, his time in the military, and how he's been able to basically overcome adversity. I'm so inspired by him and I so look forward to everything that he's creating and I'm so excited that we connected and that we are now part of the same tribe. Thanks for listening. So Chase, I'm so excited to have you on the show. Uh, we literally just finished uh, our interview for yes. your podcast, Ever Forward Radio, and it was amazing. 
It was. It was great. Thanks again for being on. Oh, are you kidding? It was so much fun. So um, Chase and I just literally crossed paths because I was just in D.C. Currently, I'm in Detroit, and we were very close to getting the opportunity to do this in person, but we did not, which made me a little bit sad. But anyway, here we are, and uh, Chase... I've already told the audience a little bit about you, but... Um, all good things, I'm, I'm assuming. Yeah, of course. All good things. <laughs> um, and I, I'm pretty sure that uh, a little birdie told me, I don't know why I wanted to bring this up, but that Chase isn't even your name. Mm. Ooh, so, oh, I guess on how you... How, all depends on how you want to look at it. So Chase is, in fact, my middle name. Okay. Uh, James, uh, my full name is James Chase Tuning. And James was always kind of a family name growing up. And when I was born, we had an Uncle Jim. My grandfather was a James. And we even had a great-grandfather, James, around. So just so that when you didn't yell, hey, Jim or James, you didn't have like five people running <laughs> to you, <laughs> uh, I always went by Chase. Yeah. So and tell so a, a little bit of background here. Uh, mm -hmm. Chase contacted me a couple months ago to ask me to be a guest on his podcast and which I responded, I would love for you to be a guest on my <laughs> podcast. So this is how we ended up connecting and it gave me an opportunity to uh, learn about him, to learn about his story and to learn about all the incredible things that he's doing out in the world. And I really, I, I once I listened to your podcast and I read about what you were doing. It just really, um, I, I felt a connection as well. You know, we've talked about this, but it's awesome. Yeah, It's, uh, I am so inspired and I, I love stories like yours. And, and I know that our audience and, and my listeners are really going to love to hear what you're about and how you got to be where you are. And so just to start us off, give us uh, a little bit of background on you, how you got uh, where you are. And I, I want to know where you grew up. So tell us, yeah, tell us yeah. about, give us all the goods. So way back in the day, many days long before today, uh, I came <laughs> into the world. <laughs> uh, I'm a Virginia native. I was born Ooh. in Richmond, Virginia, but wound up growing up in Roanoke, Virginia, which is down southwest Way back in way back in the sticks and the boonies, and um, I uh, I grew up uh, similar to yourself, you know, with divorced parents. I wound up living with my dad, and very soon after, my stepmom. Um, always around my grandparents. We lived back in the country. I grew up. I had the best childhood I can imagine. I had about two hundred acres to just run around with every day, and so uh, it was amazing. I wouldn't trade it for the world. You know, looking back when you're a little snot-nosed kid, you're like. Why don't I have any neighbors? Why? <laughs> right, you like totally don't appreciate it. Oh yeah, you're like the nearest neighbor is like three miles down the road, and you're like, well, this sucks. But then looking back, it was it was amazing. Um, the oldest of three, and then uh, went through school, and then after high school, I enlisted right away into the army, mm -hmm. kind of continuing on a family legacy of military service. My my dad was an army veteran, my uncle was a marine, my grandfather an army guy, so on and so forth, and uh, I kind of did so not really knowing what my goal or purpose was in life. I kind of had a few ideas of some things I wanted to pursue, but wasn't really super passionate about anything. And uh, I knew that the military, just because I had seen what that platform had provided for my family, I thought that it would be a great kind of stepping stone. And so 
I really attribute that to what I'm doing today. Uh, I enlisted as an intelligence analyst. I was a, a Russian linguist. Oh and so it, probably the complete polar opposite of what I'm doing now. If I, if I could tell myself, hey, you're going to go be a soldier, be a Russian interpreter, and then you're going to get out and be a health coach, I probably would have said you're an idiot. So um, <laughs> it's funny how life has different plans for us, right? Yeah. Yeah, so about four years into my service, four or four and a half, I was tr- I volunteered for a deployment. I was in that pre-deployment training, and in that process, wound up getting pretty significantly banged up, really injured, uh, tore a hamstring, injured my low back, and later on, wound up having to have completely both my hips completely reconstructed. So my my last about year, year and a half in the military, I was a patient. I Went through one hip operation. I was on bed rest and rehab for a couple months. Learned how to walk again. Went back, did the other hip. <laughs> went through that same process again, and I wound up getting medically discharged uh, after about six years of active duty service. And in that process, you know, that's some pretty intense surgery and rehab to go through. Wow. And I had always lived this active lifestyle. Played sports my whole life. Of course, there's that. Uh, only small percentage of the military where you're, you're active, you know, <laughs> just kidding, yeah. it's nonstop. Uh-huh. And, uh, I'm like, yeah, uh-huh, yeah, what world so, do you live in? Okay, continue. Exactly, Sorry. yeah, it changed It changed my norm, and yeah. so I was like, well, crap, you know, what do I do now? How do I kind of keep living this lifestyle that I love of being active um, with these new limitations? And so that spawned my interest in the human body and anatomy, nutrition, exercise science, and when I got out, that's what I went to school for. Uh, I just recently finished my master's program in health promotion, my undergraduates in exercise science. Uh, and I've been a certified health coach now for going on th- about three years, about three to five years in the, the wellness industry, I guess you could say. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And how, do you, how does it compare to what you were doing before? In the, in the Army? Yeah. Um, I mean, in the military, there always is that sense of you have to keep yourself healthy. You have to, you know, your body is a temple kind of thing. You have to maintain certain physical capabilities, um, maintaining your weight, being able to carry a certain amount of excess weight, you know, your gear, your load bearing equipment and stuff like that. And, you know, every day, no matter what you're active, you're running, it's, it's, it's like the movies, you know, it's like every day you're jumping over, berms and going through mud pits and you know to a certain extent that changes over time depending upon your job and your mission but uh, no matter what your job is in the military at the end of the day you're a soldier and we all have certain tasks and drills and stuff that we have to maintain proficiency at and so that was just something that I did because I had to yeah. because I had, I had someone yelling at me to do it at you know, 5 a.m. <laughs> in the morning and uh, <laughs> you know when someone making me do it now it's something that I love to do and help others do. Yeah. yeah. So what is the importance of health and wellness in your words now? Good question. It, uh, to me, it's just part of, part of being at this point, it's just, you know, who I am and how I practice my daily living. But I kind of what I attributed to our interview with for my podcast, that meditation and this mindfulness is really another facet mm-hmm. of this term wellness that we all have heard so much about. And when it comes down to it, I really just think that your health, your wellness is whatever you can do that keeps you happy as a person inside and out, that physical health, mental health, 
uh, spiritual health even, that you can maintain consistently and is congruent with your current lifestyle and long-term goals. I really think that's where people need to kind of fine-tune and make wellness work for them. Yeah, and and I love – you talk about this on your podcast a lot. And can you – can you tell us about Ever Forward Radio and yeah. what Ever Forward means to you and your family? Yeah, so Ever Forward is the name of my podcast, Ever Forward Radio, but it also it's much more than that. It's mm-hmm. it's this mantra, this kind of fun fact saying that we have been kind of drilled into our heads for so long that I have really in the past couple of years kind of just turned into something tangible and really understood and fully comprehended what it meant. So Everford, if you go back to its origin, um, every military unit, every station has this creed, this saying. And like I mentioned, my dad was a veteran himself. And so he first started off in the National Guard for lack of a better term. It's part-time Army (laughs) and then active duty is full-time Army. He later transitioned into full-time active duty. But his first Guard unit back in Roanoke, Virginia, their creed, their saying was ever forward. And so that's where he picked it up and it just really clicked with him. Uh, he was just very a very driven person, a very entrepreneur spirit. When he got out, he wound up doing his own businesses, multiple coffee houses and restaurants, uh, and was just a very driven individual. And so that phrase just became him. And because of that, it really became part of our lives growing up. And so I'm sure we all have things that our parents tell us growing up that we don't really process or pay attention to. We're just like, yeah, yeah, whatever, mom, whatever, dad. And, you know, that was kind of one of those things. You know, I, I would always hear anytime, you know, I would stray from the path or get in trouble or, you know, kind of deviate, I guess, from this this purpose, you know, that I guess your parents always see for their children. Uh, my dad always told me to just, you know, stay ever forward, stay ever forward. You know, don't let all these outside stimulants and influences, you know, create you or control you. Stay true to yourself and just live a life ever forward. And unfortunately, I really had to learn that the hard way. He very shortly after I left for active duty, left for boot camp, he was diagnosed with ALS, also known as Lou Gehrig's disease. Mm -hmm. And so from time of diagnosis to when he passed was about 18 months. And that was those, those were my first 18 months in the military. So I, uh, of course, anytime you hear that your parent gets this terminal illness, you know, w- we freak out. Uh, or at least, I guess, if you have the relationship that you did with my dad, you do. So he was my best friend. He was my confidant. He was, he was my ride or die. Yeah. <laughs> uh, you know, he was the world to me. And I looked up to him in a lot of different ways. And so I actually, once I found that out, I tried to get out of the army. I dropped my paperwork with my commander. And once my dad found this out, he said, hell no. He flew out to California where I was stationed at the time and spent four days with me, literally just convincing me and showing me and teaching me um, as well he could. Because at the time he was slowly losing his ability to speak. Uh, He was on a cane at the time. So literally on his dying breath, more or less, I mean, he was teaching me how to live a life ever forward. And reminding me that, you know, these things are going to happen in life and to not let it deviate your plan. Uh, He knew that I was meant for bigger and better things. And here it is 12 years later, and I'm finally putting a purpose to that passion. You know, I, as harsh as it may sound, I've honestly really grown to be thankful for that loss and what his gift of 
that message and his passing has really given me and my family. Um, it has all meant different things to every one of us. My brother has turned it into a very successful uh, athletic apparel company. Um, most of us have it tattooed on our bodies. Oh, it's wow. been on my license plate for the past 11 years. And you know, it, it has really turned from just this phrase, this saying that my dad would say or, you know, sign off on his email or, or letters <laughs> to, uh, you know, having, having meaning and it has yeah. really, has really made me the person I am today. How many siblings do you have? So I'm the oldest of three. Uh, my sister is in the middle, my sister, Brittany, and then Max is the youngest. And so they, and this has like been a family mantra for ever, as long as you can remember. Oh. Yeah, even before he was sick, before he passed, it was something that he always said. And so it was just, again, something that was passive. That was just like, okay, cool. That's that's nice, Dad. <laughs> you got a nice phrase. <laughs> right. You got a nice phrase from your military service. <laughs> you know, but what does it all mean, Basil? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, well, that's that's sort of uh, one of the things that I, I find so fascinating because I've, I know I've heard the story from, from you before and – I think it's so important for us to be able to have like a mantra or something that some sort of ethos that we live our life by that can yeah. continue to fuel us to move forward. So I really, I really love that. And, and I love the story behind it. And, and I'm sorry that your, your fa father passed away. Um, no, thank you. Yeah. For you. Yeah, it's, uh, he's, he's definitely missed, but uh, like I said, we've definitely learned how to how to channel that and to propel his legacy for yeah. our own own endeavors. Yeah, and I think that you're doing a really incredible job, and especially with what you're doing now for a living, like that's incredible to be able to help people move ever forward and to implement all of those teachings to to other people. I think it's so great. So you, it's wild. yeah, it's and it's so, isn't it such a gift to be able to do that, like. To be able oh, to work with people like that. It's unreal. It's really the ultimate, ultimate satisfaction. You know, you always hear people who, you know, oh, seeing the smile on other people's face is all I need or seeing them, you know, reach that goal or cross that finish line. If you're not, if you're not in that world, I mean, I could definitely see, I mean, I was not in this world for a long time. It, it definitely seems, you know, kind of cheesy. You don't really understand it. But I got to tell you that human interaction, that human connection and really, seeing the light come on in someone's head mm -hmm. uh, when they realize that they can take control of their life. They can reverse illnesses. They can get off medication. They can lose the weight. They can gain the weight. You know, whatever yeah. that term wellness and health and happiness means to them, that there is someone to coach them and guide them along the way. And it's not just lost hope. Mm, no, I totally agree. What happens when you work with people that lack inspiration or maybe they, they didn't have the experience mm -hmm. that you did growing up with somebody cheering you on or, or giving you a, a words of encouragement? Like what happens? Do you ever work with people like that? And if so, what, what happens or what can we do when, when that happens to us, when we lack that inspiration? Yeah, that's a good question. I guess kind of reflecting on my situation I'm pretty fortunate that, you know, I kind of have this reasoning, this, this why already given to me. Yeah. And so I would definitely say that when I encounter clients or patients like that, that I really try to help them see or create a why, you know, if something wasn't given to them, if they didn't, 
have to go through some traumatic event or someone close to them hasn't passed away or they're just kind of complacent, I always try to instill a why. I mean, anyone who comes to see me, that's a step in the right direction. And I always always start with, you know, okay, why are you here? Why did you come to me? Because you have to have a reason for wanting to implement some kind of change in your life or else you and I wouldn't be speaking to each other 99% of the time. Mm -hmm. Uh, Sometimes just given the environment of my workspace uh, to concierge medical practice, sometimes they just happen to be walking down the hall or their doctor literally will pass them off to me. So there's a very small chance that they weren't really intending to see me, but usually they're there for a reason. They're trying to prevent getting on a medication. They're having a some kind of medical issue that their doctor is telling them, hey, you need to modify your diet, you need to modify your lifestyle, or else this is going to get worse, or just given their family history. So a variety of different reasons, I have the benefit of kind of having their medical history, so I can kind of pick and pull a little bit, but I always go back to the why. So yeah. they have to have a why for being there, a why for wanting to make change, and every step along the way, every time I interact with them again is, you know, why are you doing this? What are you doing that's conducive to that why? Always go back to the why. Yeah, I mean, I think that there's definitely an advantage for when people are seeking a person like you or myself out because obviously these people are, are they're curious about something or that there's there's a desire for change or there de- there's a desire for transformation, there's a, a desire for balance or wisdom oh, yeah. or, or whatever it may be. Um, but I know that there's a lot of people out there that, that don't have that and, and don't have access to, um, you know, somebody in their life that they can feel that connection with. You know, that's another thing that I find so interesting is one of my big purposes in life is to just connect with people, to be present with people, to really have meaningful this is the the thing I struggle with with Tori with my boyfriend because I'm like too deep all the time I'm like always (laughs) wanting to like go like the uber driver was crying the other day because I was just asking him not in a bad way but like I he he his wife wasn't I was asking him questions and he Uh he had just told me about his wife he just dropped her off at the at the doctor and you know she's having some health issues and then I just started talking him asking him questions and he was the sweetest man and he just was crying he's like that was so sweet for you to be so caring and ask me questions and 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 Tori's like you're always you always go so deep with people and and to me it's like (laughs) I don't want to make people cry but like I love being able to connect with uh, with people and and ask them questions that matter to them you know and I know that you feel the same exact way that that I do and I'm sure you've had those interactions too But don't you feel like that's missing in our society right now? Like we're kind of lacking that desire to connect. I mean, I think we have the desire to connect with social media and so on, but I feel like sometimes it's so superficial. Don't you think? Yeah, it's really the human interaction component, I think, goes overlooked hands down probably by like everyone these days because it is so easy to, quote, interact with people. I can... Mm instant message you, I can text you, I can mm-hmm. FaceTime you. And so you're interacting with people, but um, being on the other side of the education and study behind it, I mean, I now know that, you know, when I interact with a person, when I when I touch them, when I'm literally within their presence, it's not just the actual interaction, what is said or done, but it's that, that biochemistry, you know, it's that oxytocin that my body's releasing when I touch my wife, when I have this positive 
interaction with a person having a great conversation, you know, like with yourself. Mm-hmm. It's, um, it's that human interaction component that we've really lost touch with because we still feel like we're getting it done, but the human component is missing. Yeah. Yeah. How can we incorporate more of that into our life? Do you think? Oh man, that's the million dollar question. Right there. I know. Man. I'm just curious. I think, um, I think it goes back to really, really any, any change, or any new behavior that we're trying to instill in our, in our life. Um, we just, we have to prioritize stuff. We have to really be brutally honest with ourself, whether it's, you know, writing it down or staring yourself in the mirror. Um, I think brutal honesty is something that we're, we're lacking and really just making sure that we can carve out that time to make it happen. Um, a lot of times I've been guilty of it. You know, we, think that I'm putting forth so much effort with a person and they're not putting forth the same. And so we kind of let relationships slide or we, you know, let lunch dates get canceled and don't rebook. And so I really think it's taking initiative with yourself for the people and things that matter and really investing your time and energy in those and, you know, always trying to be the bigger person. And sometimes that means going the extra mile more often than maybe you would like. But um, if it's, if it's important to you, I don't see why there's any reason why you should stop pursuing it. Why do you think people have a hard time being honest with themselves? Hmm. Man, you got some zingers today. (laughs) (laughs) But this is just, again, coming from a place of curiosity, and I'm asking you just as a coach, because I know that you work with people. And and honestly, this question, you know where it comes from. It comes from a place of... Uh, wondering why people would come to see a coach like you or myself and Mm. then not do the work that is needed to accomplish the goals that they're trying to seek. So I guess that's where the question's really stemming from. Might give you a little more context. I I think, um, so why someone wouldn't be honest with himself. Yeah. I think it has a lot to do with really really the perceived norm. So I think if if you think you are type A and society is telling you really type B or vice versa or whatever that may be, um, we've really lost touch with our own kind of true north, you know? And we have kind of allowed ourselves to fall into these traps of just societal norms, perceived norms. I mean, of this is what I should be. This is how I should act. The, you know, this is the type of picture I should post up on Instagram yeah. or these are the type of things I should be tweeting. And so we become really afraid of what could be. What if I am my true self? Would I still be received in the same way? Or would, you know, would I lose a bunch of followers on my social media or mm-hmm. would certain people not engage with me? So to a certain extent, I think a lot of that social engagement can inhibit a lot of people from really being their true, honest self. Um, I'll probably beat a dead horse on here, but I'm all about brutal honesty. And I think when it comes down to it, you know, with your relationships, with yourself, the most important relationship you're going to have is with yourself. And you can't continue to build new relationships, foster new relationships, or maintain current ones um, if you're not even being true to yourself because you're just bringing this, this fake representation to the table. And so at the end of the day, when those other relationships fall short, who do we really have to blame other than ourselves? because we weren't bringing our authentic self to the table. So, 
And, and if your relationships suffer because you are being true to yourself and being the person that you want to be or need to be, then, um, you know, maybe that person was just there in your life for that season and it's time to move on. But no matter what, you're always going to have yourself. And if you can't have that relationship, then the rest of them are going to suffer. Mm, that's so, that's so true. You're, uh, you're married. And so yeah. this is a great segue question. How, how do you maintain a healthy relationship with your partner? Great question. I really, I really think that uh, my wife, May, and I, we're kind of two anomalies. <laughs> um, <laughs> we, uh, all of our friends are like, oh, they're the married couple, but they're not that married couple. <laughs> you know, <laughs> um, <laughs> we're like, we still, like, you know, we'll go out all the time or like yeah. she'll have her friends over and, you know, different stuff. But uh, uh, we're kind of a, a weird, maybe 21st century couple. But <laughs> I think when it comes down to maintaining that communication, uh, her and I, I mean, we've definitely had some peaks and some valleys. Mm, you know, how how you know, long have you guys been well, together and when did you guys meet? We've been together for four years now. We okay. got married. September of last year. We've been married for right about seven months. Okay. But we've been, you know, been in each other's lives for four years now. Um, and my wife, she has no problem speaking her mind. Sometimes, <laughs> sometimes to a fault. But um, she is definitely, <laughs> she has definitely taught me to to not bottle things in. I can definitely say in past relationships and even, you know, romantic relationships, friendships, myself, I was very very inclined to just sweep things under the rug and just be like, oh, it's not that important. But then, you know, that rug builds up over time. And sooner or later, you got this giant, ugly bump in your rug <laughs> that you can't, mm. you can't work around anymore. And, you know, really, thanks to her kind of making it clear from the beginning that uh, that wasn't going to fly. Yeah, it really kind of going back to your last question, it really allowed me to be true and honest to myself. And um, once I was able to express myself fully, and losing that fear of, oh, what if this person rejects me? And still seeing that that person stood by me, it really helped, you know, kind of solidify that relationship. And so her and I, you know, we'll have, you know, minor arguments here and there. Uh, I got to say that I feel we're very, very healthy relationship people. And I think it's because of that almost over-communication aspect. Um, just letting the person know what you're feeling when you're feeling it and not waiting until it comes up in an argument where it's just, you know, out of left field and then it just blows everything up even worse. Yeah, that's such a, it, it's such a test of self-awareness to be able to recognize those things in a relationship when there's two people <laughs> wanting two different things. Sometimes you have to compromise oh, and, yeah. you know, it's not always easy, right? Yeah. Um, definitely not. And I think um, in a relationship, one of the ways that we've been so successful is that we have not tried to morph this other person yeah. into what we think my significant other should be. And so I think that's where a lot of relationships have some problems and even fail mm -hmm. is that uh, there are certain things that are appealing in the beginning, but then we have these, again, perceived norms and beliefs about oh, well, this is what a girlfriend is supposed to do. This is what a husband is supposed to do. And to a certain extent, yeah, I can think, you know, there are some hard and fast things that might fall in that category. But mm -hmm. at the end of the day, it's just this person has to be this person yeah. and they have to be able to coexist with another person also being themselves. And if that happens, that's a beautiful thing. Yeah. I work with uh, a lot of uh, men and women that are single and as well as people that are married as well as people that are divorced 
And one of the big questions that is really coming up a lot, and I feel like I've dedicated a lot of time to this uh, topic, has been the realm of online dating and how Mm. it's changing the dynamic of creating a substantial long-term healthy relationship. And, you know, this actually ties into something we were talking about on our, our interview for your podcast about how things take time, right? Yeah. And it's like you have to yeah. really be able to invest in your meditation practice or be able to invest time in into really cultivating something of substance. I think it applies the same to romantic relationships or to just friendship relationships, any of it. it it's relative to be able to invest the time allotted for something to become meaningful and substantial. What do you think, what's your feel uh, about what's happening in, in the world right now of dating or, or people trying to find that special someone? You know, I got to say, if you asked me this question maybe six months ago, I would say that online dating is just uh, not not for significant relationships or for a hookup or whatever you want to call mm-hmm. it. But I don't know what's going on in the world, but I've met so many people recently who uh, have gotten engaged or getting married. I'm like, oh, so where'd you meet? Oh, on Tinder. <laughs> I'm like, what? <laughs> So, Are you serious? Yeah, it's wow. really blowing my mind. Um, I think, I think for a lot of people, it can serve as a great tool. I think it can clear a lot of clutter out of the uh, the dating pool, so to speak. Mm-hmm. Um, of course, again, it all goes back to that brutal honesty aspect. Yeah. Of course, there can be a person, hey, on my profile, I'm six foot, 180 pounds, and you know, a pro NFL player. When you meet them, they're 300 pounds and uh, live in their mom's basement, you know? And so I think it all goes down to <laughs> putting your honest self out there. And uh, it's so easy to fake that, you know, on a profile. But I think um, if you're honest in that aspect and then can still maintain that same self in person, I don't see why it can't be successful. Um, it is the digital age. We, you know, we all live and die. <laughs> we awake and go to sleep by our smartphones, yeah. and we're constantly checking it. Uh, and so it's something that is not going to go away anytime soon. And this is one of those things that, uh, going back to my military time, I think we just have to embrace the suck. <laughs> you know, It may not be what we like. It may not be ideal or what we're used to, but it is what it is. And it can be you know, used as a great tool, I think. It's just a matter of... Um, being an honest self in that online version yeah. as well as what in person. Yeah, it's just about being truthful with where you at and, and being very clear about what you want, right? Because I think that's another thing that, that people uh, may deviate away from actually stating what they really want and the things that they really want to create. And I feel like a lot of the times especially for women, they compromise what they're willing to put up with just to be in a relationship. Oh, yeah, absolutely. And so many times, I'm sure men and women alike, you know, I've never done online dating. I've never, you know, put up a profile so I can't speak personally, but I know a lot of people who have. And the, the error that I see is that whether you're a male or female, what you put up, what you're, you make your profile, they gear it towards the type of person that they're looking for, what they think that they, you know, the, they, they need the type of person that they think in their life and they're not putting, Hey, this is me and waiting to see who is attracted, who is interested 
and curious about me. Instead, you know, like I was talking about with my wife, you know, we allow each other to be these beautiful separate individuals mm-hmm. and then you come together because you accept each other for who they are no matter what instead of trying to put this fake person up on a pedestal yeah. of hey this is the type of boyfriend or significant other I'm looking for so I'm going to make myself look like that exactly yeah what do you think the difference is between settling and compromise mm wow i think I think settling, you know right away. I think settling is that pit in your feeling. Uh, I would even liken it to regret, really. Okay. Uh, when you settle, I feel that I feel that you know it right away. And if you don't, I think you're probably lying to yourself. And compromise is really taking a step back and recognizing the needs of this other person at the same time your needs. Mm-hmm. And where are you really fighting, you know, what, what is the line of, of just ego and just letting things go. And so anytime I've had to compromise or, you know, had that conscious decision to just let this go or not make it into an argument, it has really been because I'm like, okay, Chase, is it just because your ego is getting in the way? Is it because maybe this is slightly uncomfortable? Um, what is the value of this to the other person? And if it outweighs mine, that's when, you know, I'll compromise. Mm-hmm. And, um, just settling. I looking back, I can always say that it's just been like, okay, fine, I'll do it, but I'm probably gonna like hate you for it later. <laughs> right. It's so, like premeditated that, resentment. Exactly. It's like, oh yeah, I'm I'm gonna let you do this, but I'm gonna hold this over your head next time we have an argument, so I have leverage for you know me to win the next one. And that's you know that's just shooting yourself in the foot, and that's shooting your partner in the foot. You know whether it's a friendship, a romantic relationship. Um, you can't begrudgingly go into anything because it's it's just going to cause remorse and regret, and uh, that's that's no way to live. No, that's absolutely no way to live. What a great what a great way to uh, assess that. That's been the best answer I've I've received in a very <laughs> very long time. So thank you. for You're that. making me sound really smart. Really, really. <laughs> you, you are really smart. <laughs> Crazy. Uh, so the next question I want to ask you about is uh, it's about transformation. So. <laughs> Uh, I always say that to see far, we have to first be willing to look close. So what domain or what area in in your life personally have you chosen to look closer at? That's a great question. I really really like that. I'm probably going to co-sign it and use it on my next podcast. (laughs) (laughs) It's fine. Just give me a little credit. Yeah. Um, In my own personal life, I kind of feel like you can probably relate to this. You know, being in this industry and just really – I guess being fully aware of your passion in life and what you want to pursue, it's very easy for the human psyche, especially this day and age with social media and the internet, and you can kind of you know see the what if. But I have definitely noticed that over the past year or two, I feel like I've really kind of stepped into myself. I know who I am. I have brutally honest conversations with myself every day, and that has allowed me to get this long-term big picture goal of what I want my life to be, of what I want my marriage to be, of what I want my relationships to be. And so it's so easy to get caught up on like, oh, all I need to do is just, you know, get 10,000 followers on Instagram and, you know, get all these sponsorships and, you know, then I can just live my dream life. But um, I have really forced myself to kind of reverse engineer. And I know that I, I want to be successful and I want to continue to help people and I want to have 
these great relationships with my family and my wife and just, you know, be healthy and happy and content with my life at the end of the day. And so I really just have to take each day. I, I kind of, I guess you could even maybe call it a meditation. Um, I kind of have a little mantra that I do every day when I wake up and every day when I go to bed. And when I go to sleep, I just kind of in my head or even, you know, out loud, I'll just say to my higher power, to my God, to, you know, whoever may be listening, just, you know, thank you for today. And I ask for the gift of tomorrow. And then the next morning comes, I wake up and I awake in gratitude. I say thank you. And so that really kind of helps me set the day in perspective and to really focus on, okay, I'm awake today. I've been given this gift. What can I do to make myself better? What can I do to help the people around me? Because I know by taking that first step, it's going to get me down that long path of my long-term happiness and success. Wow. Thank you. Wow, that's beautiful. Chase? I don't think I've ever told anybody that, to be honest. That, oh, I love getting the exclusives yeah. on here. You know what? The last couple of interviews that I've done, have I've people have said that, and I love that. I love oh, to nice. have the Radically Loved exclusive. You can only hear it here, <laughs> people. My friends, my friends listening from Ever Forward Radio, this was a lucky little insight into Chase's life. Um Absolutely, absolutely. I just have a couple more questions for you before yeah. we, we wrap up. What does freedom mean to you? Mm. I would say probably living a life without regret. Kind of going back to what we were talking about of, you know, settling versus compromise. Yeah. Um, freedom is knowing that I have put my best foot forward. I have done the best that I can do in my job, in my personal life, in my relationships. And even if it fails, you know, again, like I always go back to what my dad says, you know, ever forward, he always preached that if you fail, you fail. It's about knowing, did you give it your all and it just didn't work out? And you know, without a shadow of a doubt that you left nothing behind. It was all out on the table. Um, I don't even really consider that, you know, that instance, whatever it may be a failure because, Odds are I'm going to learn something from it. Yeah. That obstacle is now going to become the way through which I move. And so freedom for me is really just knowing that no matter what I have in my life, my day, a success, a failure, a failure that uh, I gave it my all and nobody can say otherwise. Mm, I love that. That's I love it. That's so great. Um, what advice would you give your 15-year-old self? Oh, man. Probably go see a dermatologist soon. <laughs> Come on. <laughs> <laughs> not, not the wellness answer you're probably looking for. <laughs> All right. No, that's pretty good. That's real. It's honest. Yeah. Um, no, I mean, my 15-year-old self. Let me think back. My 15-year-old self. Um. It all ends well, really, because at that time in my life, I, um, I was, you know, definitely happy. I was you know, kind of in between some next steps. You know, that time in anyone's really life, you, you're probably thinking about applying to college and finding a, a boyfriend or a girlfriend, getting your license. And uh, I've always kind of lived my life kind of blasé, like ah, it's okay, it'll all be fine. But uh, I always kind of had some some back burner worries about things. And kind of just knowing that if I'm true to myself and I just act accordingly in all honesty, 
it's all going to end well. It's all going to be fine. It may not be the end solution I was looking for, but um, I've done everything that I could. And uh, don't sweat the small stuff, seriously. Mm. What advice would your 60-year-old self tell you now? Mm. You should have saved more because Social Security is non-existent. (laughs) (laughs) I'm really sarcastic in case you couldn't tell. (laughs) Oh, that's so depressing. (laughs) Tell me something uplifting. (laughs) (laughs) So what would my 60-year-old self tell myself now? Hmm. Um, Take action sooner. I've been waffling, kind of straddling the fence on really, truly pursuing my life's passion and putting it to a new purpose and dabbling in it now, you know, kind of having all these side projects and mm. nine to five and you know all these different things I'm trying to do at one time, which which I love. I My stepmom always laughs at me because she's like, you just love living in the eye of a hurricane (laughs) because every time we talk, it's like, I'm traveling, I'm doing this project, I'm making this video, I'm doing this, all these different things at one time um, when, you know, I really feel that I'm being pulled in another direction. So 60-year-old Chase telling 31-year-old Chase, just do the damn thing, take action sooner. I love that. That's that's very great advice. Uh, It's probably advice I would tell you now as well <laughs> yeah, i appreciate that it. and it's just the same advice it. i get from a lot of people so um a lot of people smarter than me are telling me the same thing i must be right right uh, you you know what you need to do okay final question chase all right so i created radically loved as a forum and a place for people to come to to gather little jewels of knowledge, wisdom, and information to learn a little bit about yoga and meditation and how these modalities can improve their lives and to sometimes maybe just get away from the stresses of life. Radically loved is this idea that we are radically loved by God, source, universe, energy, Mother Earth, a a higher power of your understanding, were supported. The universe conspires for you and not against you. Mm. So there's two questions. The first one is, how do you feel radically loved? And the second one is, what do you radically love? Oh, those are great questions. I got to say right here, right now, I feel radically loved by this acceptance by people in the world that I'm trying to grow into people by your like yourself and others that have uh, just a simple matter of being interviewed by asking to speak by responding to an email just mm-hmm. really connecting with these people that I'm trying to you know step into that similar platform um, to me goes miles it's just that that recognition of chase you're on the right path so by Rosie by having me on today that's definitely making me feel radically loved. Mm-hmm. I radically love being able to do what I love and get paid for it. Um, I would do this without getting paid. And I think that's what everyone goes back to of, you know, how do, how do I know I'm pursuing my life's goal or am I on the right path is do what you would do no matter what. Mm. And I can wholeheartedly say that I would do what I'm doing today as a health coach, as a trainer, as a confidant, as a friend, um, I really don't see myself as any particular title. I'm just, I'm just me being me and uh, seeking as many connections as possible because I know that 
I have certain skills to help others. And in that process, it really helps me grow. So in a way, I always feel, <laughs> always feel kind of selfish because I'm like, uh, I'm helping you, but really you're helping me. <laughs> love that. I love that. I think we're all just helping each other. That's what it should be, you know? Yeah. And, and I, I love to be able to be a part of this, this forum and this community and, and we're in it together. And I, I love that. I love that. So thank you, Chase. You're amazing. Uh, before we end the podcast today, where can we find you? Where can we connect and where can we get more information about you and what you're doing? Yeah, absolutely. So like we mentioned before, I have my own podcast. I launched back in January. It's called Everforward Radio. It's on iTunes, Google Play Music, SoundCloud, and I also upload audio-only versions to my YouTube channel. And you can find me on all other social media platforms, Instagram, YouTube, Twitter. Just uh, search Chase Tuning, and I'm your guy. Chase, you are the best. I, first <laughs> of all, want to say thank you for your service. And not only uh, for you, but for the legacy of your family and your late father. I, as an American, uh, thank you. And I feel that heroes like you aren't celebrated enough and i just wanted to take a moment to acknowledge you and to thank you for that and for You're very welcome following your heart and following your passion and i'm really excited to continue to see you grow and your path and uh, to stay connected and to be a part of that and to welcome you to the radically loved tribe so thank you so much for being here Welcome. Thank you, Rosie, again. And uh, I look forward to, uh, to building this relationship. I hope that uh, we can cross paths and um, I can uh, be a part of your radically loved empire. Oh, goodness <laughs> gracious. An empire is scary. Dun, dun, dun. <laughs> hey, everyone. I hope you enjoyed this episode. I am so excited to continue to do this. Please share this with your friends. Email us. Message us on Instagram at Rosie Acosta or on Twitter at Rosie Acosta. Subscribe on iTunes. Write a review. We love doing this, so please help us continue to keep this podcast going. Thanks for listening.